Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of Blitz on the Balcony presented by Brews on the Balcony. We had a different show last week. We have another, yet again, another different show this week. This time, we're, we're trying out our technological skills, and we're all video conferencing in for the podcast. So how's it going, boys? How, how's the team? It's good, man. Hey, we're all ready to rock. This is what we're capable of. So uh, <laughs> I get this nice, beautiful studio, and uh, Nick gets to be home with without all the, the nice setup, the, the house that he yeah. helped build, uh, the house that you helped build, Zook. So I feel honored that this is in my basement, uh, <laughs> and I get the good setup. So here we go. Yeah, yeah, I'm in my uh, in my living room right now, running this off the 2013 it's, it's, Mac. Check check out those pictures behind you, man. I I feel like I need some sort of like backdrop behind yeah, me. This, so yeah, just like this Nick is uh, this is Kirkwood. an adult home. That's what this is. What do you got it's, back it's, there? It's, What's in the background? It's a girl. It's a female's home. It's a girl's home. We got we got some uh, we got some inspiration. We got wow. some what is the photography. Where is that quote for get you? What is yeah, it? hold on. I got to turn around. I don't even know what get, it says. Get, get out of here. It's going to be In sick. a world where you can be anything, be kind. Wow. Lame yeah. boo. I kind of like that, honestly. My uh, Molson Canadian beer sign wasn't approved for <laughs> the living room, unfortunately. Hey, you can you can use it for uh, for the Bruce on the Balcony studio. We'll yeah, I'll that. donate it. You can see his blank part AB of the guys, wall here. Jordan you know would love something. for me to donate my stuff to the to the Bruce on the Balcony. Get studio. it out of the house. We'll take yeah. it, man. Hey, anytime we'll take it for sure. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we do have a lot of football to talk about again today. It's been a, a frenzy of moves over the course of really mostly last week. Not as much has happened between the last time we recorded and now as it did the, in the days prior to our last show with Tom Brady signing and uh, all the different free agents in, in trades. But we do still have some news. It's it's really nice to still get some sports. Uh, some The landscape has shifted. Uh, over the course of the last week, and I'd say the big the big name that we've been hearing, at least in the quarterback market, has been Cam Newton. He was released today uh, from the Carolina Panthers. I'm interested to get your guys' thoughts on it, where you think his potential landing place could be. Uh, the, the, the really the only place I've heard floated was the Washington Redskins with Ron Rivera because he has the coaching connection because of the Dwayne yeah. Haskins situation up there. Does Ron even really like him that much? Would he want to tie himself to to uh, Cam? I have my own thoughts about it, but I, I'd really be interested to get your guys' take and where you see him ending up. And will he even be a starter next year? Yeah, I think it's interesting because you look at really – the teams that are left out there that have quarterback vacancies and there's not too many of them, you know, Phillip rivers going to the Colts, obviously uh, Tom to the bucks. And then, you know, Carolina getting uh, Teddy Bridgewater, if he's going to be their starter, it really leaves only a couple teams out there, but the chargers are Los Angeles chargers are a team that, that I could potentially see cam going to. Cause I think despite cam's injuries, he's still a QB one, uh, especially when you're looking at, at fantasy purposes, if he's healthy, he can play. I mean, and Los Angeles has some weapons out there that he can utilize. And, you know, Washington to me, I, I don't know. It, it, that's, it's tough with Haskins because they spent a first round pick on him last year and to give up after one, you know, season and after a coaching change with, with Gruden leaving there and then right. Rivera coming in with I, his connections like to Dan Snyder yeah, too. Right. It just, it feels like it's a little too early to, to, jump the gun or 
jump out of the boat on Haskins and, uh, and, and say that he's not going to be their starter or not at least give him an opportunity coming into camp, whatever camp looks like this year, uh, with everything going on to be that guy. And so Los Angeles is one of the, really one of the only other teams I could see that that could land cam. And there hasn't been a ton of talk about it yet, but I feel like that could pick up here over the next couple of weeks or a couple of days. Yeah. Something tells me that, Bill Belichick's still in on Cam. I might be the guy that is just keeps bringing that up about how the Patriots are, are looking at him, but I just have a tough time with looking at Twitter and talking about how they're looking at getting Brian Hoyer to possibly take over. I, I just don't – with it, where there's a Cam Newton out there, even though he's got some arm issues, let's be honest, Tom Brady doesn't have the, the gun that he used to have anymore. So am I saying Cam is Tom Brady? No, but I think Cam – could become, you know, a really good asset for that team. It gives Belichick another opportunity to with a mobile quarterback. And and here's the thing, if he really does like Stidham and he thinks Stidham could take over or if they bring in a Brian Hoyer, that's fine. Make them a backup, make it at least a QB competition, and then if Cam the the Cam experiment doesn't work out, then you can go to those guys you were going to go to anyway. So, I don't see why there's any issue with getting Cam, trying it out if he's interested, but if I'm Cam Newton, I think that the Pats are the number one destination of a quarterback needy team that I would absolutely want to go to because you know how Bill is. I mean, he might be coaching for another five years and he's going to want to win even without Tom Brady. It seems so weird to us for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick not to be together, but he's still a winner. He's still a guy that knows what he wants. And I don't know. I mean, if he's willing to change for a new quarterback scheme anyway, why not throw Cam in the mix? See what happens. He doesn't feel like a fit to me in New England from a player standpoint, but I think you have a good point in Bill Belichick's always looking for value. And if Cam's value dips such that Bill feels like he's going to get uh, uh, a good, good, good play out of him for a cheap price, I think he could pull the trigger on him. That's a good point. I So the main team I heard was the Redskins. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, One reason being they just traded for another Panthers quarterback, and it wasn't Cam. So they have Kyle Allen on the roster now with Alex Smith, who's still on the roster, and Dwayne Haskins. I think it's already too crowded of a quarterback room. I don't think he'll, he'll land in Washington. I think that the Chargers are a possibility. I think that Cam is going to have to be realistic with himself uh, in the coming weeks and days that he's likely going his this next contract he's going to sign is likely going to be a bridge type deal. Uh, if he goes to the Chargers, they're going to draft a quarterback. Let's say the Chargers end up trading up to number three with the Detroit Lions and drafting Tua, who with the hip injury may need some time off. Well, you don't want to just totally throw away your season. So Cam Newton could make some sense like Nick was pointing out. In L.A., we if you look at the last couple quarterbacks they've signed to back up Phil or since Phil, it's been mobile guys, Cardale Jones, uh, Tyrod Taylor. So uh, he would fit that mobile athletic build that they're looking for in L.A. It would enable them to take a quarterback and not be forced to start them day one if they take Herbert or Tua are the main two guys they're linked to. So, and both of those guys have questions about whether or not they could come in and lead an NFL offense this coming September. So, I think that that the Los Angeles Chargers, if I had to pick, would probably be the front runner for him. Yeah, I don't know if some of these teams were not willing to, you know, I guess take a risk on them because of his arm issues. Because I, I was wondering why 
that nobody reached out and, and traded for him because obviously the Panthers gave him an opportunity. But I wonder if these teams thought that they'd have a better shot at signing him uh, if they did end up him getting released. Because let's be honest, not only do they get Teddy Bridgewater, but they get P.J. Walker as well from the XFL. So I'm guessing that a lot of these owners thought there's no way Cam's going to be in Carolina. So let's not take a risk and send a player. Let's yeah. just try to sign him later on. He's, he's, he's damaged goods to begin with. Yeah. So you know, from, from a physic physicality standpoint, it's his arm. Yeah. His arms probably not ever going to be what it was when he was in college and in his early years with Carolina. And, and he still does have that potential to come back, but with too many questions there, I think teams don't want to give up even players, much less draft picks to try and land them when he hasn't yet signed anywhere. Um, and now they're in a spot where they can sign him and not have to trade for him. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, I think you hit the nail on the head because uh, I think the virus is impacting his situation because you're not allowed to conduct a physical right now. So right. who's going to give up an asset when you can't conduct a physical and make no sure idea. he can pass it. You have no idea the state of his shoulder. I think that, it's worse and has been worse than the Carolina Panthers organization had let on really for the last two or three years. Um, so there's a reason that Kyle Allen went for a fifth round pick and they couldn't get anything for cam. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't sign until this, this blows over and they're allowed to conduct physicals again, because how do you commit any amount of money, even a roster spot to a guy that you have no idea if he's even going to pass a physical and be able to play on your football team in the fall? I just, it's wild to think of a guy, and I know we've seen other stories like this, but a guy that was rookie of the year, MVP caliber talent, and it just tells you what injuries can do to you. I mean, it just completely can derail your career. And I don't think this is the, the end for Cam. I, I still think he's obviously a great athlete. I think he's going to be a good quarterback somewhere else. Um, but he's been getting hurt consistently over the last two or three years that if I was an NFL owner, yeah, I would be worried too because not only do you have a guy that's injury prone, but you have a mobile quarterback that's injury prone. He's always on the move. He's always taking hits from time to time. Something could happen. So, yeah, I would be very worried if you take him and try to make him your quote-unquote franchise quarterback. But in my opinion, there's so many teams out there that are so quarterback needy that, yeah, if you have a backup plan – he could be your backup plan and go into it as either QB competition or you can have, like, again, a reason to get a rookie quarterback to possibly even contend with him where Cam starts the season and the same old bullshit happens where he gets hurt or his arm's just not there. And then, you know, it might have to be a rebuilding year anyway, but at least you can take a shot with him. And if it doesn't work, you put the rookie in there a couple weeks later and he's all hopefully better from practice. So I don't know. I think the guy has shown enough to get – some people, obviously, I know it's we, we talk more about the football side of it, um, but as a business side, bringing the fans in, you know, getting the fans excited, uh, I thought that the Bears would be a great spot for them. They get Nick Foles, which That's what I, thought. I don't really see where the Foles thing happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Nick Foles. I don't think he works with the Bears. I think Cam would have been perfect there. Um, Chargers, though, too, I thought the Chargers – it sounds like that's where Cam could go, like you said, Zook, but, I mean, they're not a mobile quarterback type system either, so – I don't know. I, I just think he's got enough, obviously, the name, but obviously um, with his athletic ability, even with his bum arm, if you want to call it that, he still has a shot to do something in the league. So I take a risk on him. I wouldn't make him your number one opportunity with no yeah, other. Just take a flyer. Though. Yeah, to take a chance on him. And if you have a backup plan, just plan on maybe putting that guy in in week five if Cam just completely plummets. Well, that's yeah, I, th I think seeing. that's what you're going to see happen. Go ahead, Nick. That's what we're seeing these teams do more and more is 
build an offense, build a system around the quarterback. And mm-hmm. so even though a team like the Chargers isn't, yeah, well, with Phil, you're not going to be a, a mobile offense. You know, he, he couldn't do – he's a stand-in-the-pocket kind of guy, just like Tom Brady was with New England. He's a glacier. They, they, yeah. they, built the, they built the offense around his strengths, and that's what teams are doing more and more these days, you know, not so much relying on the, the receivers and the running backs to build an offense around those guys, but really build an offense that's, that is – Typical that is catered specifically to the strengths of their quarterback, whether it's check down passes, whether it's options, whoever it might be. If you have more mobile quarterbacks like like Kyler is in Arizona or Russell is in Seattle versus the, the stand in the pocket and sling it like a Roethlisberger is or like a Tom Brady are. Yeah, certainly. And I think the Chargers want to move more in that athletic direction. If you read the tea leaves based on the guys they've brought in to back up Phil, I think they've wanted to move in that direction for a while, but they weren't able to, obviously, because Phil Rivers, borderline Hall of Fame talent and uh, career guy there. They had to wait for him to retire. So it'll certainly be interesting to see uh, what happens with Cam. Uh, I tend to agree with you guys. Uh, for the most part there. But aside from Cam, there are some other interesting quarterbacks that are getting signed in the XFL. So P.J. Walker gets the deal with the Carolina Panthers. And then our local guy, Jordan Ta'amu, is going to stay close to home. He signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. What did you guys think of those? Pretty much depth signings, but uh, good to see some guys get a, get deals. Yeah, it was good. I'm I'm happy that uh, Ta'amu was able to get an NFL deal. I, I didn't know if he would get it right away. I figured P.J. Walker would because that dude was just an absolute mm-hmm. stud. Um, I'll put it this way. So I'm going to make another spin on it. Obviously, very happy for those quarterbacks. I figured that was the goal. They're going to make more money. Uh, they're going to get a chance to possibly back up for Ta'amu, maybe probably third string uh, for Mahomes and company. Um, P.J. Walker could be the backup, I guess, maybe there in Carolina. I don't know. Um, but at this point, I would sit there and think for the XFL, I don't know if anybody cares at this point about it because they're so young still, but the XFL has already proven, and you wonder if they're okay with being a feeder league to the NFL because as they try to grow their own brand, they got screwed this year because of coronavirus, as in every other league in, in America, obviously, and beyond. Um, but as far as their first season, they were doing so well in St. Louis. You know, Los Angeles was going to come to town last Saturday. They were going to pack the dome, open up the top, and that all went to hell. But it sounds like they're going to be back strong next year. But for my thing is, the XFL losing their top superstars, you know, are people going to still buy into these teams without these faces staying around? Because if you have a Jordan Ta'amu, I believe that as St. Louis, as a St. Louisan, people are still going to come out and watch the Battlehawks because it's football in St. Louis. However, these other cities that they're trying to keep going, who knows if, if they have a top quarterback one year and then he gets signed by the NFL and you lose it and you just keep replacing these guys like the minor leagues, is it going to take the value down to the XFL or are they happy and okay with being the feeder league to the NFL? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because, like you said, you could have a really competitive team like St. Louis was here with 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 Te'amu as at quarterback and then he all of a sudden he leaves and then they bring in somebody else and then they could just suck and plummet. It's like, you know what you're right. It, it's a, it's a good thing, bad thing, because on one hand you're like, yeah, the XFL is producing talent that is going to the NFL. Yeah. They might not be starters on the, in the NFL, but at least they're taking the talent from one level and going to the next level. But I think it's a little bit too early to tell too. Like you said, we didn't even get a full season with the XFL guys to really see, 
what the XFL was going to be and what the playoffs were going to look like. But you're also going to have guys um, from the NFL that tend to either go to practice squad or not make it to the big to the NFL roster, and then those guys will go back down to the XFL. So I think they're the the switching of, of, of talent from rosters in the XFL and the NFL is a little bit too early to tell what that's necessarily going to look like because, again, two of these guys, XFL quarterbacks, are now signed to NFL rosters where I think uh, P.J. Walker has more of a chance to play than, than Te'amu does because, you know, playing unless something drastic happens there with Mahomes, he, he's obviously not going anywhere. And so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, especially next year once the XFL is back and to see what that looks like, not only from a league standpoint, but from a competitive standpoint. And, and like you said, TJ, making a good point, players leaving uh, the roster, how much does that actually impact the team and how much does that impact the level of play? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they do – and I talked about this on the podcast when the XFL started and I know we've had conversations about it and I'm sure they have as a league, but they do need to decide, are you going to be the minor league system for the NFL or are you going to be in direct competition with the, with the NFL? And they might be completely so, happy with that too. They they might be okay yeah. with that idea and saying like, yeah, go make your money, but we'll bring in this top talent. Or they could also say, yeah, yeah we can get some guys away from college um, you know, a lot of yeah, people think they still need their educations, but if you think you're good enough for the NFL in, at a young age, maybe I don't know if they have an age restriction or not. I, I have no idea. Do you that, guys that's, know? That's that's. that's I, a point I think I was... you can go out of high school and play there because really? yeah. uh, St. Louis had the Kenny Robinson guy that yep. uh, basically was and, ineligible. And for the that's NFL and that's then. something that is going to be help the F- XFL stay alive is the fact that they can circumvent the NCAA now and pull these top recruits right out of high school and say, Hey, we're going to pay you 55 G's to come play for us for a couple of years before you get to the NFL or before, you know, you become el- eligible to be drafted in the NFL. And that's going to be really interesting to play. Cause yeah, it's going to be a, become a younger league. And then it's also putting onus on the NCAA, uh, the, you know, one of the worst organizations in, in all of the world. Love the NCAA. Uh, to, Couldn't love to, them anymore. Make, to make a change at their, you know, at their level. And that's a tough decision for them to make, but they're a corrupt organization anyways. And probably no, won't happen. Fantastic. Couldn't love the NCAA more. God bless Hate them. Hate the NCAA. Yeah. Burn in hell. I, will I would much refuse, rather see a guy. I will refrain to comment from I would much rather see a guy go play for the St. Louis Battlehawks than the Missouri Tigers. Let's Here, fucking go. Here's the thing though. I, I also think it's good for, for guys that are on or teeter tottering about, being good enough to be in the NFL and proving enough and not so that if they don't get drafted and they don't get signed, the XFL can be a secondary option, um, which, you know, if the XFL itself grows, that's good for those guys too. So they can keep playing professional football, but at the same time, they give themselves more opportunities to get looked at by pro teams. If they compete that just, you see it right there for PJ Walker and Jordan Tiamu. I don't even know if anybody else, I'm sure a lot of other XFL players have at least been contacted and, and looked at like receivers and defensive players and everything. But, um, it, it at least gives them an opportunity because what they're making over 50 grand to still play professional football. I mean, shit, that's great. Yeah, it, it just, I wonder, I, I thought the AAF was designed to be the minor league for the NFL. They were in partnership and actually had a feeding system to the NFL teams. For example, Green Bay pulled from that Salt Lake City team. So, and I think it was each AAF team gave to like three, gave priority to like three or four different NFL squads. So that obviously crashed and burned very quickly. I thought the XFL with Vince McMahon 
was going to essentially be in direct competition with the NFL. So to me, I don't think being a feeder league is going to be successful for the ratings, the fan bases, or as a business. Because this whole idea of the XFL was to be different, to be fun, to have this talent, to be uh, to have the, the the star, the branding name. We talk about the USFL, which uh, was around in the 80s that had Herschel Walker and uh, Jim Kelly ended up being the quarterback for the Bills when they lost their four Super Bowls in a row. I think that I thought that that's more what the XFL was trying to accomplish. And if that's the case, then losing these guys to the NFL is a negative. But at the same time, what do you do if you're the XFL? You're you have an average salary of fifty grand a year. You can't compete yeah. with an NFL minimum of five hundred k. And with this new CBA, in the next ten years, it's going to rise to over a million dollars for the NFL minimum salary. So, how does Vince McMahon compete with that? That's that's conversations that they need to have in their league offices, or they're going to have to be okay with being a feeder league, which I think personally is a bad business decision we've already seen it happen it doesn't work and people are going to stop watching if they realize that the talent here is all pretty much mediocre or bad and if they are good they'll be in the they'll get signed to the nfl anyways see that's where i disagree with you though i think people are going to watch regardless because it's it's in the spring there's nothing else going on so i think the xfl yes are they upset that people are probably leaving absolutely um, the NFL loves that because all the NFL has to do is it's in their off season, so they don't give a shit. They're not getting any any ratings taken away. They're not getting any different fans going to the XFL over the NFL. Maybe some St. Louis people, but I'm talking about diehard NFL fans. Um, at the same time, though, you know you have guys in playing in the spring. It doesn't affect them at all, and then they can just take anybody. They say, yeah, hey, by the way, we're the NFL. We you know what we are. You've been watching us since you were a kid. Hey, come play with us for a while for triple your salary. They're absolutely going to do that. So the NFL is killing it on that side of it. The XFL, though, you're right, Zook. I, I'm sure they hate it, but they got to know what they are. They're spring football. Right now, they're a bridge gap from off season until at least the draft, a little bit beyond, and then hopefully, obviously, training camp goes quick and you're back to regular season football. But that's what they are. And the way you change that, you, you really can't. I, I try to put it in a, a situation where – you know, it's like, for instance, somebody starting a media company and then trying to be Barstool like right away. You know, Barstool's been doing it for years and has been killing it for years. And you're this little podunk thing, and it takes a long time to build that. Same thing with the XFL. The NFL's been around forever. It's been they've been killing it. They've been making shit ton of money. They're very popular. They're, they're the most popular league out there in sports. And when you have another football league that's trying to go after them, it's not going to happen. They're just too big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can't can't take them down, and that that's right. the interesting thing. The success of the XFL versus the first time around is that this time around they are putting them in NFL markets. And with when you talk about minor league teams, well, minor league teams in terms of baseball and other sports, they're not in the same markets generally speaking as the big teams are. And so mm-hmm. that's where the XFL round two has had a little bit more success probably is because they're going into the Dallas, the Houston, the LA, the New York, and St. Louis who hadn't. NFL team and has a history of that and bringing now pro football back into St. Louis. And that, so that was a a great move right off the bat for the XFL. Now the question is, is if they can compete against the NFL or not, yes, they're not in direct competition because not in season at the same time, 
But long term, are we really going to see fans outside of St. Louis and these other markets be able to stick with their teams and still root and show right. up? Is right. that a big is, – is, or does that even matter? They're, they're is, not are, necessarily they in direct the, competition with the NFL in terms of the games, but for the players they are. And TJ's right. For the, for, for they the players, can't, yes. they can't com- The only way that they're going to compete with the NFL for players is money. And I, th- I thought I just thought that and money with, comes with from Vince, TV deals, though, so which they have. And Vince McMahon has had a, a very successful business and has a lot of good relationships with the WWE. So I thought that he'd be he in the league would be more aggressive in trying to uh, get brand name players on these teams and try to get them to stay. Uh, I think obviously to TJ's point they're okay with it to a degree because the average salary is 50 grand. I just feel like, and TJ's right. The, the NFL is like, yeah, sure. This is great. You market them. You you market the players for free and then we'll just take them and put them them up on on our rosters. And then more people are going to watch our preseason games to see if they're going to stick. Yeah. So I just can't imagine that that's a very successful way of doing business for Vince McMahon. And I wonder how that's going to play out because we didn't get to they have to, they have to look ratings the players. during, during March madness, like and and when all the other sporting events kind of caught up to them at the second half of their season, I was really interested to see if the ratings would stay up or if they'd kind of tank a little bit. And because of the virus, we didn't get to see it in the XFL was robbed of its first season. That's gotta be terrible. Yeah. It's just a bad situation for them all around with, with what's going on in the world right now. But if you can convince advertisers to give you dollars, I mean, that's really what it's all about. It's, it's not about putting butts in seats in the stadium. You know, that's definitely part of it from a team branding aspect and TV wise. Um, But really it's, it's the, the TV revenue that you're getting out of it and those alternative ad dollars that you're getting out of it if you can bring in that that's the money there it is that's how you pay the players and Mm -hmm. and sure they might get snatched up by the nfl but that's really why i think we'll start seeing high schoolers instead of going to college going to the xfl because they can't go to the nfl yet they can't they can't they can't get drafted right away like they can and they have that option now to go to the xfl and play and really we'll see a a tide turn we don't know if it's gonna be next year we don't know if it's gonna be in four or five years if the xfl will even be around then but as soon as you have that number five star recruit and skipping out on going to ohio state and going to play that's the game go play for st louis battlehawks that's a complete game changer. But that could the NFL one, can't touch those guys right away. It's a couple of years though, because what what's the NFL yeah, policy? A, exactly. You have to be twenty one. Is it an age thing or is 20, it what's the what's the you know what I mean? Zook, you it, might know that. I don't know. If you're I don't think they necessarily have an age limit. Maybe they do require you because obviously three years of college three years out of high school maybe is what it is. So you'd have to play in the XFL right. for three years, just yeah. like you would in college. Exactly. And that's I how know, they keep those guys around for a And that's long. the eligibility rule. It doesn't necessarily have to do with age, because I remember I thought uh Tremaine Edmonds, the guy that the Bills drafted a season or two ago, he was a linebacker out of Virginia Tech. He was like 20 years old or something when they took him. So uh, there are guys like that, but that's a good question. I think it all has to do with, like Nick was saying, the eligibility uh, in the NCAA. But it, it's it bring it's yeah, a very it's interesting point. They could they could get players and funnel them to the NFL in a different way than they did to to start if they can coax guys away from their collegiate commitments. I just, I go back to the USFL in the eighties and they were able to sign 
the Heisman winner from college football to come yeah. sign with their upstart league yeah. over the NFL. And I understand it's, it's a completely it's different, a different world. world. Yeah. The NFL is way more popular now than it was then, but money talks shit walks. And well, I, I think that if he can, if they can find the funds, they could really find a way to create a league that's more on a level plane and have it be almost the spring version of the NFL. Well, and imagine it being yeah. a kid that coming out of high school, you're making 50 grand, you play football, and yeah. you still yeah. go to the NFL, so, and you don't have to go to college so, or class or anything. Yeah, yeah. So it says, while there is no minimum age for professional football, the NFL mandates you must be out of high school for at least three years before you're eligible to play. If you graduated 17 years old, you must wait until you're 20 to enter the NFL draft. So yeah, three years. I, I mean, that, that, which would be great for Vince McMahon. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Right. You get three it's, years out of these guys. You you want to go to college at Ohio State, or you want to go get paid 50 grand to play football and still yeah. be able to live the high high life superstar life and, and not I have think, to go to class? But someone's got to prove the NFL, that the NFL will take those guys still number one, number two overall. You know, because that that's sure. that's going to take a while for it to happen. So people are scared, saying, "All right, if I go to Ohio State for three years and I'm I'm this big time hotshot, I got a chance for sure." to be a top 10 draft pick. But if I go to the XFL and I play well, old, who's saying that I'll still be a top 10 pick, you know? Right. So there, there they're are all nationally, te- they're all nationally televised games. That's I think true that's too. what recruits look at in, in the big picture is, Hey, am I going to be playing on Fox and CBS every week? Or am I going to go to a, a Mac school or somewhere where you're not getting TV time? XFL's getting TV time. So if, yeah. if you're getting that TV time, that's all the exposure you need. And sure. See. Their season's a little bit shorter than, than the, uh, than college is, but that might even play their advantage. Yeah. Think about it from a coaching perspective too. These guys are getting they're they're considered professionals on these XFL teams. They're doing interviews. They're learning how to be a functional member of a team. Stuff that they don't really that's not really required of them in college. They can learn on these XFL rosters and really kind of grow to be more of a professional football player by the time they get in an NFL right. locker room. So it's it's really interesting, it and is. I just. I'm I'm real curious to see kind of what direction they go in, what options they have available to them. Uh, I think TJ makes the best point. They are they are pretty limited Don't in what they can that. do. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> they are limited in what they can do, but at least from my perspective, I was kind of hoping to see more of a competition than a minor league system. I, I feel like I've already seen that with the AAF. And I and because I, I do agree the XFL is a much more fun league. I think they do have better players. I think that they were smarter about it marketing wise. And of course we have the local angle. But I didn't watch those AAF games at all. It was terrible yeah. football. And I don't want to see the XFL become that. Yeah, I, I don't know because everybody was saying it's going to be a flash in the pan thing, and I didn't think it would be. I thought it'd hang around. But I'll be honest, um, I'm blown away with the support that we've seen, um, mostly in St. Louis. I mean, I knew there would be people jumping on the bandwagon and, and getting involved, um, but it took another life. I mean, it, it took another absolute just level of, of just stardom in St. Louis that people become Kaka fans, saying Kaka all the time, and being Battlehawks <laughs> fans, and just doing everything that yeah. uh, an old football team, or fans of old football teams used to do. So, you know, I was at the first game, and I and so was Nick, and we had the opportunity of you know, standing up on third down like they used to do with the Rams games. Everybody gets up on third down, screaming when our our defense is on third down, like the type of shit. It was awesome. It was electric, yeah. and and I was supposed to go to the game last Saturday too uh, against Los Angeles, and I would have loved to see if we could have filled up that entire dome. So. You know, yeah, they were opening the upper level for that game, they, weren't they? They were going to. Yeah, they already had like half Man. the tickets sold. 
So, and that See, was three weeks ago. I came from the position to, I, I knew it was going to be a hit in St. Louis because of the hatred towards Stan Kroenke and because of how much this city was starving for a football team. Now, I think the, the they had to do this for the TV deals, but I think the franchises like the New York Guardians who just suck, I think they're going to have a tough time getting people to care about that team. It would have been yeah. a real interesting uh, strategy to, do, to put teams in more of the St. Louis-type cities, which may not be as big or have as big a draw, but you would have had a much more passionate and consistent. Charlotte, like in Orlando. Right. Yeah, like Salt Lake City is, an, is another good one. They Salt AF Lake did City, it. Yeah. So, uh, San Jose. Memphis, mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. these basketball franchises have kind of – Teams in those in those areas. Oklahoma City is another San good Diego. One. Yeah, that's why they I can mean, mess around with putting a team in Toronto. Get, you think they wouldn't want to watch Seattle. American football? I don't get the Los Angeles. I don't get the New York. Like, yeah. Plus, a lot of these cities have. I get. Multiple I get teams LA. And they I get LA. New NFL York. Teams, so why would they care about XFL teams? Like, yeah. Los Angeles has two NFL teams that they don't give a fuck about. So, like, yeah. why put I an mean, XFL I, team I, there? I, I think they were looking at what the XFL did the first time around and how they put them in small markets and it didn't work out. And then now they're like, well, we'll put them in big markets just because there's large populations there that can draw people. Even but if they, they don't go support because... the team, at least you can say that your league has a team in New York, LA. Yeah. I mean, we, the, the only, the only city that isn't a big, like within like the top 10 or I guess Seattle isn't really, but it is St. Louis, you know, we got the team over Chicago. Yeah. Uh, or, or Kansas City. That was and they should have put it. They should have put a team in Chicago too. They should have. With it's yeah. the third biggest in, in America. Though. They knew what they were doing. It's, yeah, yeah. St. Mean, Louis got it over Chicago, and it was just. They should have put one in both. Is what I'm saying. I, I, and I, they had to do the LA's and the New Yorks because, simply put, they rate and they need Houston and Dallas doesn't make the, sense to me. No, not at all. And that's the thing is like agreed. You, I agree that some of the big market teams should have gotten it. And I, I think what they were thinking is what we've talked about is that hey, we're not competing with the NFL, or if we are, it, it doesn't really right. matter because we're in a different season we're in the spring when they're done so why not get those football fans right but it's like los angeles wouldn't give a fuck if they had football and if if they got paid five dollars to come to the games they wouldn't go that that's how los angeles is like they don't fill the seats for the football team so to me it's like why do you need an xfl team there but i mean that's that's not my thing but i also (laughs) hate los angeles so fuck them well, let's go back to Tell the NFL. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Okay, I hate Kroenke. I don't really hate LA. LA didn't do anything. Just there's Tell big... us how you really feel. Just saying. Well, the West Coast people aren't built like us Midwesterners. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They can't handle That's football. Fine. They can't handle uh, football games. Yeah, they, they play in the sunshine, and yeah. it's always 70 degrees there. They can go to the in, beach. In they can get their tan yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't know what to do if they had to play at Lambeau or Soldier. Is this an L.A. podcast or a football podcast? (laughs) Uh, Let's go back to the NFL, though. What did you guys think, speaking of L.A., about the Rams logo? Uh, they I stole it from a D three school, didn't they? It leaked a couple weeks ago, but they just it's hideous, a, hideous, and not because I hate the Rams. It was just just bad and and all. It's facets. copied completely it's copied off from the, the D three in, in a D three school. What was that school that someone posted on Twitter? They copied oh yeah, it that's of. right, that's right. I'm gonna go look it up. It. Yeah, put it on the screen if you find it, because okay. it said that they copied. It was some D- Division three team. Yeah, it Looking was it now. was not uh, not cute looking. Not cute looking at all. Rams logo. By the way, you can follow yeah. us at BlitzBOTB. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Angelo State University. Angelo State. That's right. 
Did you find it, TJ? Yeah, I got it on my well. Oh, nice. I got it on my phone, but it's pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. It's not as so. Much as are sweet. they gonna keep the? They're keeping the Ram helmets, though, right? I, are they gonna go to the gonna, stupid logo on the side? Put that on too. I, I don't. Oh I, my god, oh, that, that would be a catastrophic. So I mean, why not? I mean, if they're gonna go full logo change, like didn't Kevin Demoff like do some hype thing for it? I saw Kevin the, Demoff yeah, they, with stupid face on they Twitter. They did. The and they're promoting it, but they they had they've had terrible uniforms though since they since they left. And I'm not just saying that because we're St. Louis people, but they had the they went to the blue and white helmets instead of the blue and gold, but yet they still had gold accents on the uniforms. They have no idea what they're doing out there. Yeah, Kevin Demoff made it his profile picture. What a doucher. God, that guy sucks. <laughs> like, he made it his profile picture, and he made it, like, his header on Twitter. Like, what an absolute doucher. Dude sucks. What a fuck stick. God. You know, I really feel bad for him, though, because he was just Kroenke's puppet. You know, I don't feel bad for him at all. I don't feel bad, but I'm saying he it wasn't he's all him. He's a fucking him. dickhead. He's just a mouthpiece for Stan Kroenke. He's a fucking dickhead. But he's laughing all the way to the bank. He's getting his uh, money. He don't care. You think, I'm, I'm you, think Kroenke, I'm not, you think they went into Stan's office with this new logo? And so, Stan, what do you think? And you think he broke it down? And he goes, yeah, the fuck you want. Whatever. Pro- probably. My <laughs> job's <laughs> over. We got to Los Angeles. My job's over. I don't give a fuck. Do what you want. Yeah. Dude sucks. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Is there anything else you guys wanted to cover today? Uh, I know that there's some other smaller signings. Um, so let's, I let's actually do just quick... saw it. a half hour ago. Packers signed Devin Funches. That's not oh, bad wow. for them. I actually like that. That's a good but signing yeah, some for other them. Smaller moves and, uh, draft talk is, is kind of ramping up. How about so, have to compete with, have TJ, to compete with Greg Jennings say? there, but well, I was going to say we can recap, um, I guess all the big moves because there was a lot. So let's like yeah, do kind I'm of sure a refresher of where everybody's at. So, uh, yep. Brady went. I'm, I'm just see if I can find a. Uh, Brady went Brady to the went Bucks. To the Bucks. Bridgewater went on to the, the Bills. Bridgewater to Carolina. Bridgewater to Carolina. Cam's a free agent. Jameis is a free agent. Nick Foles to the Bears. Does Jameis get signed. He's a free AE. Well, no, I, does is he, he get still signed technically with the Bucks or no? He's just a FA. David he? Johnson trade to Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. Yep, DeAndre Hopkins out in Arizona. I mean, we could talk about the fit a little bit more if you guys want to and approach it from how you think this will play out in the fall. Because the, whether the move's good or bad, I think at the end of the day, you have to determine whether or not that's going to equate to wins or losses, or whether or not it changes kind of, I guess, how you view them in fan duel. Do you, what type of season do you think they're going to have? Because usage DeAndre, is just yeah. as important as the team. Kyler Murray's yeah, I, stock just went through the roof. De- yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, went up a little bit as well, even leaving Houston. I think he was getting a little bit hampered by having Will Fuller be De- uh, be a. Uh, Deshaun Watson's go-to guy there. Plus, they got some big tight ends there. Oh, did you hear and, that today? And have relied by the way? more in their running game. Deshaun what, Watson Deshaun, to the Patriots. Deshaun is pissed. Yeah, he was talking about wanting because yeah, they're to trade everybody. Because Bill Bill O'Brien's a moron. Yeah, yeah, it's been going yeah. around. God, what did wild. he say about it? Has Deshaun like personally yeah. voiced frustration? Oh, yeah, he didn't say anything about the Patriots. I just heard that rumor, but yeah, apparently he's. I don't know what he said. On Twitter, but he's on Twitter, off. he was pissed. Yeah, hmm. I'll see, see what if I said. can find it. Well, he's a complete. He just completed year three, right? Because he was in the same draft class as Trubisky, so he's got two more year years left on his rookie deal. Then, even if he wants to get traded, 
Bill O'Brien's ass is probably going to franchise tag him and I not let it. him out yeah. of there. I got it. Here so it is. he said, Here I don't know. Tweet. Yeah. Uh, yesterday he said, I don't know how I'm going to make it out of here clean. Can't even keep track of who plays for the other team. Iconic duos rip and split at the seams. So is he making a freestyle? It or sounded what? like it was a little freestyle rap there, but dynamic duo, I'm guessing, means him and I don't know. Is he dropping a mixtape with the, Antonio I mean, Brown? Can't even keep track of who plays for the other team. I mean, he should get duos and split at the scene. He if, should get AB to feature on one of his one of his. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be sick. I'd listen to. Remember it. AB's AB's song that he released? We played it on the podcast. Yeah, it's it was, I got AB, money. AB going to Tampa Bay. I got my Le'Veon money. Bell's are, Le'Veon Bell's a rapper too. Is he really big time rap? Game. Yeah, we got a bunch of rap all stars in the NFL. Yeah, this is uh, this is Antonio Brown's whole lot of money here. <laughs> Hold on, whole lot of money, whole lot of money. Why did you actually... pull that up so fast? I don't know. He's actually got more lyrics so now. TJ's got downloaded on his phone. He secretly he secretly likes first thing it. on YouTube. Well, last time I listened to it, he just said whole lot of money like 150 times money. in a row. But now he's got actual lyrics, so. <laughs> Good for him. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. Speaking of which, do you think he gets signed or any of these no, other free agents no. that are out of the league are going to be in come fall? Not Antonio Brown. He, I think yeah. he's done, man. I think he's done. I think you're right. I, I think he's done. I don't think he's going to the XFL either. I think the XFL don't fucking want him. I don't think anybody wants him. Well, and he's too big-headed for, for them anyways. He wouldn't yeah. want to go. Oh, real quick. I didn't get Definitely. you guys' thoughts on this. Gurley to the Falcons. Oh, we didn't. That is a recent move that's happened. Did you see where I think they have 10 starters, or maybe it's the whole starting 11 now that is former first round picks? Really? That's why. On the team? Yeah, because they traded for the tight end Hayden Hurst from Baltimore, too. Yeah. Obviously, Matt Ryan's a first round pick. They got Chris Lindstrom. The Mac guy on the the offensive line, Julio. Calvin Ridley was a first rounder. And now Todd Gurley, obviously a first rounder. I don't know. I I think it, it's not like his knees magically healed. It doesn't really matter what offense he's in. Uh, maybe they just he's getting ten. He's getting ten snaps a game. May, yeah, maybe maybe they just run him into the Corona. ground and Woo. get the get the rest of the good football he has in out of him. Uh, because the Rams, I feel like, were very cautious with him since the knee injury uh, in the Super Bowl year and then this past season. But uh, I, I don't know if maybe the Falcons just say, we're not going to limit your workload. We're just going to go till you drop. Or if uh, they're going to try and limit him again and have him be part of a committee, because I think they'd have to at this point. He does not look like the same player. No, and it's injury stuff. It's it's not at the level of Cam Newton, but that's where it's going. Damage goods. Um, but here's the thing, too. What are the Rams going to do? Daryl Henderson? Is he their starter now? Like. Well, if they, it, might, they might try to they draft. Come a, they come a dime a dozen in the draft, so you've got to think that that's where they go with that. I'm not sure what the free agent market looks like for backs, but I'd be pretty confident in saying that they're going to draft somebody. Or, hell, they might trade for somebody. That's their entire philosophy. They don't believe in draft picks. Even the Daryl Henderson guy they took out of Memphis looks like a pretty sweet player in the preseason. He ends up as the third string behind Donald Brown for the longest time. Yeah. So they, they don't give a shit about their draft picks. And I wrote about this in the fall. They are, they're, they're done. They are done. They're paying Jared Goff a shitload of money. They hardly have any weapons on the outside. They just lost their, their premier running back. They're losing defenders out the door left and right. They still have to pay Jalen Ramsey. 
They lost Marcus Peters. They lost Michael Brockers. They are in a world of of trouble right now. Yeah. I don't know what you guys love think to see them. it. They're, well, they're going to be. I know Sean McVay is awesome, but holy crap, he's going to have to. They had spin their window some, out of some shit this they, year. They had their window. I mean, they they had it. They should have won, and the Patriots, thank God, beat them in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I, I think they could. They closed the window themselves, though. They didn't have they did. to do they any did. of this. But they continued to double and triple down on trading away their draft picks to get guys that really weren't all that good. Uh, so, I, I don't know. With, with the rest of the free agents, I wasn't surprised to see Gurley leave and get and get dumped. But uh, I'm more surprised or will be more interested to see what the, what the Rams do with the remainder of how they're going to rebuild this roster because – they sent some guys packing. Uh, Wade Wade Phillips is gone. Gurley's gone. They got to deal with Ramsey, who's kind of a nightmare in the locker room. Uh, it, it'll be really interesting to see. Have they been shopping Brandon Cooks too? I don't know. He's, or are they keeping him? He is the most overrated player of all time. I swear. He's already been traded twice. Yeah, I I don't get him. He's undersized. He's not doesn't have the greatest hands in the world. He's fast, but I mean, he's not like Tyree Kill fast. I don't know what Brandon Cooks does for you. I really don't. As, a, as an outside, like, little outside receiver, that doesn't work in the NFL. Like, when's the last time an yeah. outside little receiver that didn't have blazing speed? Antonio like, Brown. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, he was the inside only a lot, guy. Though, but the only guy. Cooks is a deep threat for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know how. I guess because of his because of his speed. I guess he's, he's got gonna, pretty good speed, especially yeah. when he was on the Saints. He would he would he would beat you deep, but he doesn't have. I mean, you're right, TJ. He's not good enough to be a number one receiver outside. He's 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 good enough to I think be a number two outside, like uh, similar to how Debo Samuel is for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. But they need a big body threat out on the edge and. They had Robert Woods, who's kind of been that guy, but he's had an up and down career. And again, Robert Woods, he's not my boy. ideally, he's not ideally your your top threat. No. I think what they've done is they've pieced together a couple different guys because they had the triple threat of Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks. But now it's like they're they're running into problems on defense. They're going to run into problems with the offensive line. They're not going to have a very good run game. I just really question their their philosophy and what they've done the last couple of seasons. So this list I see uh, says Freeman's a, a free agent right now. Devontae Freeman? Yeah, which I didn't know that. Um, maybe that's why they got he's had a, He's had a ton of injury issues too. Lamar and- Miller's still out there. Uh, uh-huh. Chris Thompson. Uh, apparently Shady McCoy and Carlos Hyde. Frank Gore, Theo Riddick, obviously Marshall Marshawn Lynch. He's probably not coming back. Darren Sproles. So I mean, after I mean, shoot, that, maybe kinda... you bring in a guy like Lamar Miller who doesn't have a huge injury history. I think he got in, got beat up a little bit towards the end of his Texans career. I want to say he had a season ender pretty early on. Maybe that was last two years ago or last year. Yeah, but uh, another he's guy been with a injuries. Guy that, you know, same thing. Uh huh. He's been a guy that's been pretty durable throughout his career with Miami, hard runner, had a terrible uh, yards per carry with the Texans, but is that his fault? Is that Bill O'Brien's fault? Typically, Lamar though, Miller, Lamar you're Miller better off just year. drafting. You're better off just drafting. That's when they got Duke guy. Johnson. Yeah, Lamar yeah. Miller had that AC. I think it was ACL last year. Because that cause sounds they, right. He's like two of the last three years, got, though, isn't he? He's been hurt. They got like Duke a lot. Johnson out of uh, out of Cleveland in that trade. 
So maybe they do go for a veteran. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they sign one of those guys just for depth. But uh, I'd anticipate, I don't know what their draft situation is like. I know they don't have a first rounder. But uh, with one of their first selections, they're going to have to go with a back. Or they're going to have to give Daryl Henderson a shot. So that'll be real interesting for fantasy purposes, too. What do you got over there, Nick? Yeah, Nick, what are you chomping on there? Yeah. Chicken teriyaki. Ah, yes. Did you go into your like your closet to get that? Yeah, it looks like you yeah. got like a magic closet, like get whatever food you want or something. Yeah, did you open right up. No, I went downstairs. Oh, yeah, okay. you went to Narnia to go get yourself some dinner. Yeah, I went downstairs. <laughs> Grabbed a little bite. <laughs> well, that's you know, nice. Gotta, gotta, so, gotta so another thing I thought was interesting in terms of free agency, and then we can wrap this up. Uh. The, we didn't talk much about the DeForest Buckner trade from the 49ers to the Colts because the Colts gave up their first round pick. And now Jesus the 49ers Christ, have the 49ers who just won the NFC have two first rounders that are that they obviously have their own, but then they have another first round selection pretty high. I mean, they're going to pick before the Packers do. They're going to pick before a lot of teams do. It's it's in the teens. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about the, the first of all, from the Colts side of giving up a pretty high draft pick when you really don't have the quarterback of the future, you signed a bridge in Phillip Rivers, but you're just kicking the can down the road. And then what do you think of it from the perspective of the 49ers who have gone the complete opposite way of their guys, their guys down in L.A.? They have completely built through the draft and are going yeah. to try to continue to do so. Yeah, I think San Francisco's in the right mindset right now. They they know what they're doing. They, they made it to the Super Bowl, yet they're still trying to acquire picks to, to – develop talent to be able to draft come draft day and and make some moves and and from Indianapolis it seemed like I don't know I'm not really bought into why Indianapolis made that move it seems like they should be more focused long term on their quarterback situation than than anything else and so I mean I guess Buckner adds to the Colts lineup but but it seems like to me like this is a trade that San Francisco won and uh continues to just build their their platform and build their build their draft picks for come draft day because even though they have a great lineup already they're always trying to improve and that's how you have to be as an NFL team because a you never know when these guys are going to go down with injury and b um, you you can never have too many draft picks come draft day and, and really to be able to develop and acquire talent because as soon as you get complacent like the Rams are mm-hmm. then you're screwed for the next ten years yeah and I just looked it up thirteenth overall pick guys Thir- wow. they're going to get a stud. Wow, that is insane. See, that's that's. I, I think they might target yeah, a, a wideout. Think about team, how that's... good how good the wide receiver class is. They could be potentially adding a very very good player. The thing is, to, to that wide receiving, who court. could Indy have gotten to that point? Like, would Herbert still been there at thirteen? You think they would have had to likely trade up? The guy that would have been in that range for them would have been Jordan Love, and I think obviously they did their due diligence, realized they weren't going to take a QB. Uh, and I think we said that on last week's show. But regardless, I, I mean, you, you get a stud at, at 13. Now they get a proven commodity and a guy that's still young and a stud in DeForest Buckner. Yeah. So clearly they love the player and they love the value there. I just think I, I think it's a great move for San Francisco to they, – they extend Armstead. Now, obviously, Buckner is a better player than Armstead. And so you're letting your best defensive tackle walk – but you have a guy in reserve. Maybe you give Solomon Thomas one more year. He was the third overall pick at a time 
out of Stanford for the 49ers had just hasn't panned out. Maybe you give him one more year to see if he pops and they still have a surplus of talent there. So that enables them to get rid of a really good player like Buckner and still keep keep it moving because you picked up the 13th overall selection in the draft. Yeah. At a, and, and that's an important position too. As much as and the more I learn about football, the more I realize that the skill guys are fun for us to talk about and it's fun for TV and they're fun to watch. But the real important positions that impact wins and Line. losses, it, it's 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 the defensive tackles, it's the edge guys, it's yep. it's the guards, the centers, the tackles, and obviously the quarterback. Yep. Ch- championships but, championships are won at the offensive and defensive line. Yeah, in the trenches, one hundred percent. So I, I I was interested to see your like what what do you guys think? Do you think it's a bad move for either side? No, I mean for Indianapolis. What I'm guessing their thought process is is they're hoping Rivers has a good enough year to get another one year deal. I don't think they I don't think they think he's gonna be there just for one year. I think they did it to save themselves in case he just fucking sucks. Uh but my my opinion is they're keeping Brissett as the backup and what is it what is his contract situation? Because if I'm right Jacoby. Yeah, isn't he we'll around for a bit up. still? If he's around for a bit, my my thing is that they keep him as the backup and they have Phillip in there, and if Phillip again sucks, you have a backup in Jacoby Brissett that can lead the team that did pretty well last season. But then you get ready for that rookie class next year. I mean, I don't think they're really needing a quarterback now, so they're just seeing if someone falls to them. But they weren't going to take that chance at 13. They think that Buckner could help their defense out now. So if you have a quarterback situation that is okay for a minute, probably okay for two years, even if you think about Rivers being done after one. Um, there's really no need Tank to take a quarterback Trevor. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true, too. Trevor. That's true, Jacoby too. Is, uh, Jacoby suck, is though. done. It, his contract runs through uh, this next season. So, that, so. so he would have, again, if Rivers sucks, he's still there. But Nick mentions Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they're not going to be that bad. They wouldn't have got Phillip Rivers if they oh. didn't think they could win. They, they won't. But they could. You never know. They could make moves you know, trade-wise. But but the Colts are they're, they're picking up the they're up. the whole Andrew Luck deal. They, yeah. they did not see that coming. No, and so Blindsided it, them. It, it's a situation you know, similar to um, not trying to compare it's apples and oranges here, but like when Oscar Tavares passed away for the Cardinals. and th- Those are situations you don't prepare for and then it leaves you scrambling. And that's kind of where the Colts are at is you know, Andrew Luck's imminent, you know, unexpected retirement. I mean, maybe they had some some knowledge of it, but you weren't expecting them to, to retire like that, yeah. that young. And, and yeah. think so about that leaves you scrambling. And that's kind of why they did the one year yeah. deal with Bill Rivers and and obviously you still have Jacoby, but he's not he's not a a one A quarterback. He's a one B or a one C quarterback. And think about where they're at roster wise when Luck retired. They had the playoff run the year before, and they feel like they felt like they were a quarterback away then from being able to be a Super Bowl contender. So you get a veteran quarterback in Phil Rivers, you acquire a stud on the defensive line, you give up your 13th overall pick, but you're betting that the the production Buckner is going to give you for the next two, three years is going to be greater than you would get out of your selection at the 13th overall pick. So the more I think about it, the more I just love the deal for both sides. I think that the Colts are 100%. They smell blood in the water in that division. Bill O'Brien is completely ruining the Texans franchise. Uh, The Titans Titans, are building and they're going to be be good. good, but they're pretty one dimensional and obviously, uh, you know, can, can be can be beaten. Uh, and then the, ja- the Jacksonville Jags are kind of on the downside. Going to win the fucking too. division because it's Minshew Mania, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All 
fired up. To, they're they going to be the worst team on their roster and reload. So I think that the the Colts are clearly Amazing. the Nick, Colts are clearly going for it. Nick, I'll make a bet right now that the Jaguars are last. Oh, I'll take that bet. Give me a thirty-one team. Sure. No, no, I'm no, sorry. Last in the division. In the division. Oh, in the division? Yeah. Nah, yeah. <laughs> might be just, I'm not, I'm not going to touch that one. Yeah. He just said they're going to win the division. I'm not I'm not that confident in Minshew Mania. Uh, I don't, like I don't No, but the 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 49ers made a made a good uh made a good point here. It, getting Jimmy G from New England and then getting Nick Bosa and it, coupled with the, some other draft picks, Debo Samuel, they built a very good lineup very quickly. Yeah, because it was not did. that long ago that they were bottom feeders not only in their own division but in the league and they turned that ship around quick and that's think a lot about, of credit think to, about the Colts. to Shanahan as yeah. head coach they yeah, got the Colts they, it Colts. was one draft they went, that they nailed they the similar day. to they the went, Saints the Saints Marcus Williams in one draft I think that was the Marshawn Lattimore year too they got uh I want to say Von Bell in that draft they drafted a ton of studs in one year just like the Colts they got they came away with Quentin Nelson Darius Leonard and I think that they came away with another starter so the only thing is you could your your week at wide receiver it was a wide receiver heavy draft and you had the 13th overall pick, you could have ended up with CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy or one of these premier guys to help out whoever your quarterback's going to be and be a staple outside for the next five to ten years, and you passed up on that for a D-tackle. That's the only reason I question it a little bit, but Chris Ballard has proven he knows what the heck he's doing. Yeah. Championship cores are built on draft day, not in free agency. Free agency is where you get the the – the additional players to build out your roster, but the core championships you are build built from within on on, yep. on draft day, and that's something. That's why the Rams are tanking so bad because they tried to do the opposite and go into free agency, and then you get bad contracts and heaven forbid injuries happen like Todd Gurley's situation, and that just fucks you. Look at it in baseball, mm-hmm. man. I mean, the Cardinals won from all the guys mainly that they brought up themselves. Same thing with I know yeah, we hate exactly. them right now, but the Astros. The Astros absolutely killed yep. the farm system for a long time. Uh, you know, you see the Yankees paying money. Have they won a lot of championships? Yeah, but as of late, not really. I mean, they've made them close. And but... they're good now because of uh, the homegrown talent, the yeah. prospects. Torres Aaron and Judge. Judge. Yeah, I mean, Torres, yeah. too, is is uh, an absolute stud. So uh, They did trade the Cubs for Glaber, but he was a minor league. Yeah. But he was a minor league. It's still, not like they were – yeah, not... yeah, I'm sorry. When I say that, I count them as like you still – You're talking them. like the Garrett Cole free agent side. Right, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. like superstars you pay a shit ton of money to get John Giancarlo. Because but... like Adam Wainwright started with guys. the Braves. I would say he was a cardinal a – cardinal uh, farm system guy, you you made yeah. him what he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Welcome to baseball on the balcony. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we got to make that. Well, one too. guys, uh, if there's, do you guys have anything you want to add? We can wrap this thing up here. It's good, man. I enjoy doing this. It's fun. Uh, I think. Yeah, we can let's start let's do this. Week. Yeah, let's do this in the future. This uh, first this first is, remote uh, show was a good so one. can this is convenient as hell. Yeah, I, I'm loving it. It's good so, quality too. It looks good. Uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, let us know what you think of it. Uh, drop drop uh, your comments for us. Uh, we love to hear feedback. Uh, if you have any questions for the show, feel free to leave those draft questions, free agency questions, what you think your favorite team should be doing uh, that maybe they haven't or uh, just some moves around the league. Give us your reactions. Give us your takes, and we'll talk about it. So for TJ, for Nick, I'm Zach Zook. For Blitz on the Balcony and Bruise on the Balcony, Thank you for making us a part of your week, and we'll see you next time.